Morning, everyone. Really good to be back at the lifeboat with you again this morning. It's lovely to see everyone out. Uh, I listened carefully to announcements, and that's the best announcement I've ever heard. There's ice cream on Friday night. I couldn't believe it. I normally do look forward to Fridays, but I'm really looking forward to Friday this week. And unless the Lord calls me home, I'm going to be here on Friday for ice cream. I might as well be honest. I'm really looking forward to the ice cream. I'll probably be first in the queue. Because it's important to taste the ice cream uh, to make sure it's good for the children. Then I get the children to watch me eat the ice cream. Then I tell the children, but I have a really bad memory, so I'm going to have to do that again. And then when the children get cross, I said, no, no, you shouldn't get cross. That's not a good example. I don't normally eat ice cream like that. Well, I do eat ice cream like that, but I don't mean it. I don't entice children to be cross. This week's a really special week because we're going to be evangelizing children. It's not a children's craze. It's a golden opportunity for children to hear the gospel. And I love missions. I love fun days. I love camping. I love ice cream. I love Chinese. And I really love Indian. Anything to do with food, I love it. But I would easily set that to the side to evangelize children with the gospel. We're really looking forward to this week. And please make every effort. If you know any children within 56 miles of your home, or half a mile of your home, whatever's handy for you, depending what you drive, please invite them to the Bible club. Don't be embarrassed. Just invite them along. And whenever they come through the door, we'll do the rest. We're really looking forward to it. We know how to work children. We know they love singing. So we'll sing to the wee hearts are content. We know they love listening. So we'll preach the word of God. And there's not normally a reason for children to misbehave whenever you're speaking to them. Somebody often says, those children sit, don't sit very well when you're speaking. I say, don't blame the children, just blame the speaker. If he was speaking well enough, they'd be engrossed in what the man's saying because you have to challenge. The Apostle Paul says, by all means, win some. So you've got to convey the message of the gospel to the hearts of the children. While we're in Dungan and we're coming down early in the morning because we're booked into four schools, whenever we're doing missions at night, we would be in four schools normally during the day. We're in Howard Primary School, the Cope and Loch Gall, Kelly Mann, and also the Moy Regional Primary School. So every day we're evangelizing directly about 700 children. And then last week we were in Coleraine all week, then at Kilray Baptist at night. And the week before that, we were in four schools in Ballymena. So most weeks we're doing five missions or five Bible clubs, reaching hundreds of children every day with the gospel. And then this time of year, we're often speaking on Sundays as well. We take Saturdays off and eat ice cream. Or do you actually eat ice cream? I was eating ice cream yesterday. There's a light supper tonight. But there's also, I believe, chicken. Who likes chicken? Don't be a chicken now. Put your hand up. You might have some chicken tonight. Yes, with a lovely fun day, celebrating uh, 25 years of Christian ministry. And lots and lots of people came to a big fun day with 21 bouncy castles. And it was a lovely day, really good day. And we enjoyed that very much. But please pray for ministry. Our YouTube channel goes up every morning as well. We have a Sunday school on Sunday. And every week morning for over two years now, we put up a, a, a Bible story song, Bible story, another song at nine o'clock every morning. And they're watched by lots of children, lots of schools, still watch these every morning. The, te- the children say to the teacher, excuse me, we haven't watched Colin yet. And uh, okay, we'll put Colin on. We promise to be good. We promise to listen if you put the YouTube on first. That's your newsletter as well. Uh, they're at the a table in the back if you would like to read them. So really busy ministry, really good ministry, and reach, evangelizing the children. We look forward to that. 
I'm also a part-time animal keeper. I keep lions and foxes and uh, bears. And if you don't believe me, come tonight. I'm going to bring them with me. If you're afraid of lions, it's probably better you sit over to the side. It could be hungry. I'll try to feed them before I come. Anyone believe me? Bring the lion in, please. Ha, ha, ha. I'm only joking. Anybody look lion, really believe me. But I am going to bring a lion tonight. Because it's Children's Day. Children love animals. And we're going to bring a, a whole lot of animals tonight. Who likes eagles? We're going to bring an eagle as well. I love the golden eagle. And he's not going to fly too high because he might hit the roof ceiling. So we're going to bring the eagle and, and hold it up for you to see. And children can stroke the eagle, but you're not allowed to put your finger in the eagle's mouth because I might think it's a worm. <laughs> and you could end up being like that. And it's not very good. Imagine losing your thumb. I love to see people I stick my thumb up at them, but imagine no thumb even like it's here. You <laughs> might have a difference. Hello, hello, hello. People go, what's he ever doing me? He's very angry. So I'm going to speak this morning. Uh, any, any pretty young girls here? Teenage girls? No? Okay. Any, any handsome young men here? Was anyone here born beautiful as a baby? Just one? What happened to the rest? <laughs> That's good. Well, I've got something for you this morning. Ugh. It's actually... It's my ammo's in box. Do you want to know what's in my box? You're all curious. This is for the best girl. A golden crown. It's worth about 2.5 million pounds. If it was real, or 50p in the pound shop. Before this here, I want you to turn your Bible. I'm going to read about this here. First Kings chapter 10. The best girl might win the crown. First Kings chapter 10. We're going to read about a queen and a king. First Kings chapter 10. Uh, verse 1, First Kings chapter 10. When the queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon concerning the name of the Lord, she came to prove him with hard questions. And she came to Jesus, came to Jerusalem with a very great train. That's not a choo-choo train, that's a train of camels that bore spices, very much gold, precious stone. And when she was come to Solomon, she communed with him all that was in her heart. And Solomon told her, and Solomon told her all her questions. There was no more thing hidden from the king which he told her not. And the queen of Sheba had seen all Solomon's wisdom and the house that he had built, and the meal of his table, and sitting among his servants, the attendants of his ministers, their apparel, the cupbearers, the ascent by which he went to the house of the Lord, there was no more spirit in her. And she said to the king, It was a true report that I heard in my own land of your acts and of your wisdom. However, I believe not the words until I came, and my eyes had seen it, and behold, a half was not told me. Your wisdom and prosperity exceedeth the fame which I heard. A very familiar portion of Scripture in the book of Solomon. We're going to talk about a few of these important people in the Bible called queens. Recently, we were celebrating the Queen Elizabeth being 70 years reigning as queen at the age of 96. 
Now, the Bible, we often say to children and to young people, is the most wonderful book you'll ever read. Books come and books go, but the Word of God endureth, lasts forever. That's why we encourage children, if you want to be a good reader at school, start to read the Bible. And young people, if you struggle academically, the best encouragement I can do you is, is to read the Word of God. The way it's structured, the way it's written, the way it's put down in the chapters, in the uh, verses and little sentences and little words, it's easy, easy to read. But the Queen of Sheba heard. And that's one of the first things that's so important we hear. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing word of the Word of God. But she wanted to see for herself and whenever I think about Solomon, in many ways he reminds me of the Lord Jesus because we hear about him. We hear about heaven. But whenever the Queen of Sheba came, it says the half, I heard it all, but the half was not told me. And we can speak all day today about heaven, about the Lord Jesus, about salvation. But the half, whenever the believer gets to be in glory with God forever in heaven, you'll realize you know so little about God and about heaven compared to what you've heard. But she needed to come herself. That's why we say to children and to young people, we can talk to you, we can preach to you, we can explain to you. But until you taste and see that the Lord is good, until you discover, until you come, the Lord Jesus many times gives an invitation to come. Come unto me. And most people are one to the Lord Jesus through personal evangelism through preaching, through direct talking. A man was sitting in a church for many, many years and someone came to him and said, are you a Christian? He goes, no. He goes, why not? You sit here every week. He said, no one's ever asked me. I would love to become a Christian. He just didn't know what to do. That's why the mission for children or young people, we avail ourselves and make ourselves friendly to children. So if they want someone to talk to, they can work. They can talk to the workers. That's why it's important to smile. At the children, don't, it's easy to growl, but smile. Do you ever walk in this strange place and somebody cries at you? It's really scary. But when you walk into some, some place like a shop or a church and the person smiles at you, you feel like the most special person in the world. Maybe it's just me being strange, but that's the way I feel. And I thought it's true. When you walk in somewhere and the person smiles, it's a lovely gift to be able to smile even without talking. Just smile. And I thought, here's a Queen of Sheba. She heard about Solomon, but until she came and saw everything, she was to say the half was not told me. But she heard about Solomon concerning the Lord. Did you notice that word in capital letters? Concerning the Lord. Solomon was the wealthiest man ever to live, the wisest man ever to live, but he made one mistake, and that was his company. And I thought about young people in company when primary school and high school, and then you go on into university or the workplace. Company, when I was a young boy, you're always told, watch your company. And it's so true because Solomon got into the wrong company of women, and he wanted them for his wives until he got one and two, 100, 200, 700 wives, 300 girlfriends, a 1,000 other girls and women. And I thought, read the end of Solomon's life. And these wives of Solomon, they not only took him away from God, but they turned him onto idols until he was worshipping other gods. And I thought, there's a man out of all the people in the world, 
His father was David. David instructing him to follow the ways of the Lord. He was wise. He was wealthy. All these things. And yet because of one weakness of women, they ended up, I thought he was going to win all these people to be champions for God. But they took him away from worshipping God. Not only away from God, but they turned him to start to worship idols, uh, idolatry. And I thought company, fellowship is a secret for anyone, especially young people. And young people, don't take it for granted. Don't think everything outside the other side of the church, the other side of the church family is greener. Of course it looks greener, but the Bible talks about sin and the pleasures of sin just for a season. That's a Queen of Sheba. She heard, she came, and she discovered, and the half was not told. So I like the story of the Queen of Sheba. But I've also got another one here. It's a silver crown. Also, very nice. Maybe it's the wrong shape. Could be the head of the person wearing it. Don't know. This is uh, another queen called Vasti. Queen Vasti, we don't really know much about her, but something pricked my uh, memory when I was thinking about Queen Vasti. In the story of Esther, the king Ahasuerus had a big celebration, a banquet that lasted for a very long time. And at the very end of it, all the men were on this side of the palace and all the women were on this side of the palace. And he said, bring my wife, the queen, to stand in front of all the men. I want everyone to see how beautiful she is. I'm amazed why she never came to stand in her beauty in front of all these men. But she refused for a reason. Why did she refuse to come? Because those men would have been drinking together and they could have been vulgar with their words. They could have been under the influence of drinking and alcohol. So this woman made a decision that was going to affect her queenship and she refused to come and and stand in front of all those people. Why? Was it because she had dignity? Was it because she had morals? Was it because she didn't want to give those men an opportunity to look at her the wrong way? So she refused to come at the expense of losing her crown, losing her queenship, and being forgotten about. And that, to me, as as an illustration, is a reminder how important it is to take a stand It's the same thing all the time to challenge adults and children and young people. You're invited to go with a crowd. But the real challenge in the Christian life is not to go with the flow. It's not to swim with the the current. It's easier to swim with the current. But the real challenge is to go against it. Whenever I went to Australia years ago to pastor a church, I went fishing into the sea deep water, but it was warm. And I had a big fishing rod. It must have been nearly the length of this ceiling. It was for sea fishing. And I was so focused on catching a big salmon. I walked deeper and deeper into the water until I felt a tug of current. And I realized I can't turn out of this here. And Joanna was on the beach reading a book and it seemed like hundreds of yards away because I was so far into the sea. And I honestly thought, <clears throat> I'm not going to get out of here. I thought the current is so strong, I'm like a fly in this big sea. And I remember saying to the Lord, I'm Lord, I'm, I'm going to be with you any moment. It scared the life out of me. 
I've never been as scared in my life, but I, I said to the Lord, if I survive this, I'm never going to turn my back on you. I serve you the rest of my days. And Joanna was oblivious to anything happening. And I thought, I can't swim against it. It's too strong and it's too powerful. And suddenly there was a wave coming. And I said, I need to catch that. And I jumped up and I caught it. And it took me so far away. I thought I was Superman in the water. And I ended up on the beach, exhausted, below a sign. And I looked up, no swimming, dangerous currents. And I was so preoccupied with fish and that I never even seen this sign. And I thought I was nearly gone. I come over to Joanna and she says, why are you so tired? I'm like, and then he drives. She goes, where? In the sea. Scared the life out of me. And I thought, it's so easy to go into the water, to go with the flow, to go with the current. You start going against it. It's hard. And it's the same with this here. This woman refused to come and stand in front of all those men because they could whistle, they could shout things and all these things. And it's easier to go and it's easier to listen what's going on, easier to go with the flow. And you know what's hard? When you go to the nightclub and go to all these places where young people out there go, you know what's really hard? For you to walk away from it. I remember I passed my test. I was 17 and my brother says, will you take me to the coach inn in Banbridge? He says, because I'm going to go with my friends and I drink and you don't. I just become a Christian. And I said, yes, I'll go. Then I said, Lord, I'm driving my brother and his two friends, but I'm going to go in and I promise I'll talk to somebody about you. I went into that place, felt uncomfortable, but I was waiting for an opportunity. Then my brother's friend said, Colin, what do you want to drink? And I said, I take a Coke. He says, why do you not want something else? And I said, now's my opportunity. I said, because I don't drink. He says, you don't drink? Then he said these words, what are you doing here? An unsaved person said to me, what are you doing here? And I knew fine rightly. I was in the wrong place. I knew before I went, but I thought I could just go and dabble and test and see. And it took a worlding to tell me, what are you doing here? I said to my brother, I ain't going home. Come with me now or get a lift home or I'll wait outside for you. I had to get out of it. You know it's the wrong place. That's called conviction. We say to children, that God the Father created the world and God the Son, human, perfect God, perfect man, died on the cross for our sin. When you become a Christian, God the Holy Spirit comes and lives within the heart and soul of the Christian. And that's God convicting and speaking. That's what it means when you go to dabble and do wrong. This queen lost her job. She lost everything because of her stand morally, not to go with the flow. The stand morally. Another young girl called Esther. Going to give her a golden one. Esther's a lovely queen. Really good girl. But the real challenge came whenever her people were all going to die on a certain day. But instead of Esther running to the the king, and the king has one of these, of course, the scepter. If he didn't lift that up, you were dead. And she waited, she prayed. For three days she fasted and prayed with her friends. Do you have any friends that you could call around to their house or invite them to your house or to the park and say, I just want to pray. I need to pray about something, but I want you to pray with me. If you have any friends out of all these years of being a Christian, any friends you can go to, trust, and talk to God with, or do you have to wait to come to church? 
Esther and friends, and she brought them into her place, and together they prayed. Fasted and prayed. Praying's a lovely thing. Praying's a gift. It's talking to God. There's no greater privilege, no greater honor than talking to God. You can talk to him in the car, in school, in bed, in the middle of the night, in the middle of the day, when you're taking your dog for a walk. Any time of the day or night, you can talk to God. Do you ever phone, a, do you ever phone your friend up late at night and say, what do you want? Not you again. Or early in the morning and they're sleeping? <laughs> God doesn't sleep. He doesn't slumber or sleep. Any time of the day or night. Here's Esther. And she prays to God. She said, if I perish, I perish. Willing to put her neck on the line. Why? Because of her people. That's how much she loved them. That's Queen Esther. I really love that story. But there's another one. Not a good girl. We're going to give her a silver one. She's called Jezebel. You all heard of Jezebel? Anyone here called Jezebel? Why did no one christen their name children Jezebel? Jezebel was not a good girl. She was married to Ahab. And Ahab came home one day crying, sulking, because he didn't get his own way. Any young people ever sulk and cry? Because you can't get your own way. You want a brand new car when you're 12 years old? You want a brand new tractor? It's not good enough to be two years old, got to be brand new. You're not going to get, but you want fish and chips instead of that, you're getting toast. Then you start to huff and cry. Jezebel said to Ahab, what do you want? She said, I want to buy the neighbor Naboth's vineyard and he won't sell it to me. She said, you wait here. I'll sort that out for you. She writes a letter, invites all the people, and she gets two people to come and tell lies about Naboth. Said he's speaking against God, and he's speaking against the king. And as a result, Naboth is put to death by stoning. So Naboth, Ahab walks into Naboth's vineyard. The queen says, all yours to enjoy. Then Elijah comes along. Hello, Ahab. You're a bad man because you're walking in someone's vineyard. It's not yours. And the man who owned this, he's dead. His blood is in the ground. And you're responsible for it. As a result, none of your sons are going to be king. And you're also going to die very soon. Ahab repented, realized what he'd done was wrong, but he still could not undo what he had done. Do you know what happened? His two sons, his children, they died. So did Ahab. And one day, Jezebel was upstairs in the palace and her own people turned against her, cast her out of the window. And by the time they got her, the dogs had licked up her blood in the street. Just like Elijah had told them. The Bible says, be sure your sin will find you out. She was like a big bully. Anyone know any bullies? People who go about and they're, they're, they're bigger than you. Most bullies are actually smaller. But with their words, they're very powerful. And they scare people. And they intimidate people. That's why being a Christian for me, it's so important. Because no matter who scares me or intimidates me, whether it's in the dark or whether it's away from this country, God is always with his children. We say to boys and girls, Jesus said, I 
will never leave you. Or make it personal, Jesus will never leave me. It's a wonderful promise for the child of God. But Jezebel, what did she do? She turned everyone away from worshipping God. Everyone away from worshipping God. But Elijah said, he stood up. I wonder, can you be one of those young people like Elijah? In school, high school, and stand up alone and say, this is not right. Imagine your school said, we're not going to have assemblies anymore. We're not going to read the word of God anymore. It stopped. From now on, we're 100% secular. Would you stand up and say, that's wrong. We must have Bible reading. We must have prayer. We must have someone to teach us the Bible. It's our guide, our guiding light. Or would you go with the flow? Most people go with the flow and rely on church to feed them. To me, church on a Sunday is the icing on the cake for the Christian. The real feeding starts tomorrow morning. The real work starts tomorrow morning. When I go into school, when children go to school, when young people go to school, when everyone goes to work or in their home, that's when the real life starts. That's when the rubber hits the road. You come to church, you get filled up, you get excited for God. And tomorrow morning when you wake up, you go and you live it and you practice. You're like the watering can. And you go back next week to get filled up again. The prayer meeting to get filled up. The problem sometimes we can try to live in our own strength, but we're not strong enough. We're too weak. We need the Spirit of God to fill us and to use us as we go out there. The last queen, silver. Did you hear that? It's okay. It's my toe. But it protected the crown. This is Queen Herodias. You ever heard of Herodias? She was married with the daughter. And so the king, he was married. And I thought, we're just going to leave her wife and leave her husband and we'll get married. Is that the way society works? It seems to. And nobody says little about it. It seems to happen. More so now than ever. But God always has someone, a man or a woman, to expose. And the man didn't look like much, didn't dress like much, but he was called John. John was the wee boy who leapt in his mother's womb. John was the wee boy to say, Look, behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. He comes to the king and the queen. Say, excuse me, you've left your wife and husband. That's wrong. You shouldn't have done that. You shouldn't have done that. But the queen says, who is that wee man? How dare him expose me for what I'm doing? Do you know what she done with John? She cast him into prison. But the king liked him. I'm not going to put him to death. I'm going to bring him out and talk to him because he talks about God. He seems to talk sense. But the queen despised him. And then what happened? There was a birthday party. And the young uh, daughter. Anyone know her name? Anyone know her name? I forget her name. That's why I'm asking. <laughs> I'm just being honest. Herodias. No, not Herodias. I forget her name. Sorry. The daughter of the queen. She was dancing in front of the king. And he was so amazed at her movement. He said, come here. I want to give you a present. Anything to the half of my kingdom I'm going to give to you. 
She could have asked for a horsey, a bike. She would never have asked for a tractor. Weren't invented. Anything. She goes to her mother, says, Mommy, I can ask anything, whatever value, to the half of the king's money. Do you know what she asked for? The head of John the Baptist. The head of John the Baptist. Do you know what the Lord Jesus said about John the Baptist? There was nobody like him. And of all the people ever lived, no one is like John the Baptist. He's almost a perfect human being because of his heart and his love for me. Now this is the wee boy who played with Jesus, lived with Jesus all those years. He knew Jesus probably better than anyone. Christ is alive. He's outside. John's put into prison. Now the queen has demanded his head on a platter. The king couldn't believe it because he liked John. But he couldn't go against the people. He couldn't go against the people. So he said, execution. And the God, you imagine what it's like for John. He's in the prison going, I'm a Christian. I'm a believer. I'm a preacher. Jesus is outside. And because of me living for him, taking my stand, I'm in prison. And down come the guards. He maybe thinks he's getting out. But little did he know it, within seconds, he's going to stand face to face. And John never got out of prison because they tied him and they took off his head and put it on a platter. So whenever you're having a bad day, somebody laughs at you or makes fun of you, especially for being a Christian, a child of God, remember John. Remember John. John the Baptist. He never lived a long life. He just lived for Jesus Christ. And while in prison, while Christ was on earth, he permitted and allowed this to happen. And the guards came in with a big sword and he took off his head and put it on a platter just to take out to the queen. Why? Because John exposed her sin and the way she lived, she bore a grudge. So when you're having a hard day at school, young people, nobody likes you or nobody wants to be your friend or everyone else seems to be having a really good time going here, there and yonder, but you're, you're at home or you're not allowed to go. I remember when I was 17 driving, I said, Dad, I'm going here. He says, what are you going there for? And the way he, he gently rebuked me with so much wisdom, I realized if I go, I'm going to hurt him. I'm going to hurt him because he knew where I was going. He said, don't go there. Don't go there. He knew I could just drive off into the night and go where I wanted. But out of respect, you didn't go. And the whole time, it was a gentle, loving, caring tug of a father who loved his son. And that's the same picture with Christ. He loves his children, but many things happen. And he knows all about them. So when you're having a bad day at school tomorrow, young people, you want to take your stand for God and people laugh at you and people mock you. You remember John the Baptist. Jesus could have let the windows fall out like he'd done before, made the doors fling open, caused his chains to fall out, and out he walks, sent in an angel to bring him out. But Christ permitted John to lose his head in prison because John loved him, because John preached righteousness, preached against sin. So when you're having a bad day and somebody stands on your toe or somebody calls you chubby because you're overweight, take it as a pleasure when you think of John the Baptist, what he really lost for his love for Christ. Life's short. It's easy to go with the flow, 
But it takes a real strong Christian to stand against the tide, to swim against that tide. But you can't do it in your own strength. That's the secret. You go in the strength of the Lord and he gives it to you to do that. So children of primary school, young people in high school, love the Lord God with all your heart. That's why the Bible, the Word of God, is so wonderful. But it's about people like Joseph and Daniel and John who were wonderful Christian people. But they were cast into prison like John and Daniel, Joseph and Daniel and John the Baptist. Great men of God, but put into prison for one reason, for their love for the Lord Jesus. They weren't silent Christians. They lived it out before the people. And the hierarchies went against them because the unbelievers hated them living for God. It takes a real strong person, but your wee muscles aren't big enough to do it yourself. But Christ will give you the strength. Believe me, as he has for Daniel and Joseph and John, and he does it today. Do you know why? Because the Lord says, I am the Lord, I change not. So you think of the different crowns, the different princesses, the different queens, some good, some bad, but learn the lovely lessons of taking a stand for the Lord Jesus. Tonight we're going to bring my animals in tonight, just for the children, and I pray uh, the children, bring your children back and they'll be blessed. And please pray for the Bible clubs as we reach hundreds and hundreds of children around this area this week. May the Lord bless you. Thank you, Stephen.